shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey friends, welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. And I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you joined us for this conversation. Let's dive in. Well, it goes without saying that today is one of our favorite days of the year, National Taco Day. We've been told along the way that sometimes we talk more about tacos than parenting, but we're trying to talk about both. And we are just jumping up and down at the thought of celebrating this great day with two people that we love. Gabe and Keely Scott are dear friends and the brains and brilliance behind our beloved Ladybird Tacos. And today we are going to talk all things tacos, all things parenting, and they are going to share not just an unbelievable story, but an unbelievable story that is full of rich truth. So... Stay tuned for one of our favorite conversations with Gabe and Keely Scott. So we'd love to start with hearing a little bit about your story, about your family then and now, and how you found your way to not just the work, but I would say the works, because there's a lot of things going on work-wise between the two of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So all of it. All right. You want to go first? Ladies first. Oh, thanks. Oh. I come from Texas, <laughs> the great state of Texas, uh, <laughs> born in Houston. Have two amazing parents. Uh, they go by T.O. and Khaki. I think you've both met them at Lady Bird yes, before. they're delightful. Um, and then I have my sister, younger sister, who lives in Austin um, with two amazing little boys and her husband, Clint. And that's like our family. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, born and raised in Houston. Uh, grew up going to the same church and school wow. from uh, first grade on. So my community was real. I mean, it was big, but it was also tight, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you go to camp? Well, I didn't. Well, sort of. I went to Camp Longhorn once. I was wondering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I like all my teachers were counselors and I just loved it. So I decided to go to Canacuck and be a counselor one Ooh. year. And that that was a um, that was educational because mm. <laughs> I just was not a Canacuck person. Yeah. And then I went and I was a counselor. So I'm not well, really I'm a, a camper. Texas camp girl. Oh, you, are, if you remember that? Go? No. I went to Waldemar. <gasps> you did? Yes. Yes. I had friends that went there. Yeah. How have we never put that together? Oh, we'll talk about, talk that, about later. that later. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, then I was like theater kid, music. Mm. I kind of like switched. So uh, during the times of camp. Yeah. And uh, grew up with a band out of Texas, Cademan's Call. Yes. Um, I was a little bit younger, but I was always around them, mm. just following them, I guess. <laughs> and watched them. And I really did. I was like, I want to go to Nashville. And I knew I wanted to go to Belmont. And that's what happened. Wow. And I think my parents thought I'd always come back. And I met a boy and mm. I stayed. <laughs> so, uh, very nice. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you say that to my dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that all you got? Yeah, that's all okay. I got. I come from Michigan, um, small town in central Michigan. And 
I graduated with 68 other people at wow. the public school. Wow. The only. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a good place to to be. Came from uh, my parents and a have an older brother. That was that was okay sometimes. <laughs> uh, we have a five year difference, so um, uh, thankfully we were never like in the same school at the same time. So <laughs> that was good for us. But it was uh, yeah, a, a very small place where um, it, it was innocent, at least for mm-hmm. me, an innocent place to to grow up, and the slightly downside to that is that, um, in, although innocence is good, uh, sometimes opportunity, uh, is missed as well. And so I liked doing this thing, playing music, which I did all the time, but that's not the kind of town that you, uh, <laughs> you, you realize, wait, somebody will pay me for this. Somebody will pay me money to like strum a guitar. What? As a career. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So th- that's, that's where I came from. And as weird as it is to say, I'm thankful that I left. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds mean, but because my family's all still there. But I, I got to leave and discover uh, that you can actually play music for this thing called a living. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's one of your jobs. Yeah. It mm-hmm. turns out that, um, yeah, I I mean, and there was, there was a bit of a hiccup in there, which is that um, I quit college uh, <laughs> halfway through. And because my dad, a lifelong educator, came to me and said, I found this place in Florida you can go to and, and get a degree in sound engineering called Full Sail. And, and I was like, wow, okay, I don't, that's not really what, I wanted to play the guitar, not record it, but you can get a degree, so okay. So I, uh, yeah, I moved down to Florida and went to this school and was living with a pastor, random connection that turns out to not be so random, changed my life. Uh, mm. because I, I got asked to be a junior, uh, a junior high lock-in chaperone. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. It, who knew that that was going to be like, like the opportunity of a lifetime? Uh, but he was the pastor and said, Hey, we're having a lock-in. Can you be a chaperone? That's junior hires. Oh, great. Sure. Uh, you're letting me live here for free. I don't want to, but okay. Right. And I did. And they hired a college kid that night to come in and play music that nobody listened to because they're junior hires uh, and his name's Andrew <laughs> Peterson. And, uh, yeah, so we we met that night and spent the rest of the lock-in locked in the pastor's <laughs> office away from everybody. Uh, Were y'all playing like Rich Mullins songs? He like, played uh, Rich Mullins wow. and I play Randy Stonehill back and forth. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How old were y'all? We would oh. have been, let's see, uh, 22. Wow. Oh He's slightly older. He was 23. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so we did that and, and a year, less than a year later, we were out on a nationwide tour opening for the band that Keeley just mentioned. Which Cadman's is how we because of Cademans. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. So that junior high lock-in changed my life. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, In more ways than one because you met me. That's too. what I mean. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> just a quick PSA. If you ever get, um, would you please be a chaperone at this junior high lock-in? You should say yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Leads to a lot of good things. Yes, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of good things, yep. this episode is going to air on National Taco Day. I know. It's fun. And it feels so fitting that it's we would day. have the brains and brilliance behind Lady Bird Taco with <laughs> us in this room for this conversation. And anyone listening, anyone who's been within two feet of the two of us knows how much we love Lady Bird. That is the truth. So much so that people ask us often, it's one of our favorite questions, like, what should my order be when I get to Nashville? And we love that. that. And it feels so fun to ask the two of you that question, like, for folks arriving in Nashville, Mm -hmm. having their first magical experience of Lady Bird, what would you recommend they order? Yeah. Or Birmingham. Yes, or Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, thanks. Um... Well, I, I think people are always surprised to hear that we eat it almost every day still. So I three years would. in. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Me too. I do. We do. I we we do. So I, I think I always have to go with my current order. Mm-hmm. And my current order is a number 11, which is black beans, pico, avocado, potatoes. Mm. And then if I'm feeling real crazy, I add queso to that. Oh, Have y'all done that yet? It's real no. good. Yeah, it's good. That's making me so um, hungry. So I do, that would probably be my like, that's like my current, what I get often order. Yeah. But I'm a sucker, obviously, fresh tortillas and just a thing of queso. And so, your tortillas or something. Well, that was, that was him. But yeah, what's your order? 
Oh, and coffee. Sorry. Oh, sure. We have yeah. crema, so I get that every day. Yes. Yeah. Um, including today. Including today. Yeah. Yes. I uh, I think mine shifts too, but mm. currently it is um sort of the foundation for being silly enough to go from music to I think I'll open a restaurant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fresh tortillas, but uh, the the number six, which is our migas taco. Uh, you don't find it many places outside of Texas. I mean, you don't find breakfast tacos much outside of Texas, but you really don't find a migas taco, which is, you know, it's not just eggs in a tortilla. It's uh, eggs that have chips that are uh, cooked in with them and it makes them soft and chewy instead of uh, crunchy. Nothing wrong with crunchy. Um, and, and then you uh, wrap this tortilla around it and it is all the textures, all the goodness. It sounds like I'm trying to sell it right now. I'm not. I'm, I'm just daydreaming <laughs> about how good it is. I was like, yeah. I haven't had that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Oh. But it's, uh, it truly is rare to find outside of Texas. And it, I love it that much. Mm. And the, the joke is, is it's hard to make. Like it's the process in the restaurant is hard. You pretty much have to um, make it to order. Mm. You can't just make a whole bunch ahead of time. Uh, so the first couple of years that our restaurant was open, um, we didn't have the Migas taco. And finally, you know, a pandemic went away and whatever. And it was like, we can finally have this taco. <laughs> so now I eat it quite often. Yeah. On the corn tortilla. Oh, mm. that's true. So good. I don't know why I keep going to that voice, but. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Talking about Lady Bird changes us all. Yeah, yes, that's voice. so yeah. true. <laughs> well, and, and more things that you're doing yeah. as well. Will you talk a little bit about the work of an organization that we both have loved and supported for years? Compassion. Yeah. Can we talk about what you do with yeah. them, just about them in general? Yeah, so most people are surprised to learn that... Um, even though I am the lady of Ladybird, just kidding. I've never said that before. Um, I work for Compassion International. So I run our artist program. Uh, Compassion, for those that don't know, is a child sponsorship uh, organization. And we work through the local church in the developing world. And it is a blast. Like, mm -hmm. I love being able to say that I have a blast at my job. Um, it actually started, go back again to Cademan's. I would have been probably 18 or 19. And I was a summer tour. And my job on the road was running the compassion table. And I remember oh. knowing like, okay, I want to go into the music business. I wanted to do something. And I met um, Keith Bordeaux, who was their artist rep at the time. Yes. He's one of our dear friends. And I just remember thinking like, well, that's an amazing job. Because every night you'd get on the bus and, you know, the audience might have been whatever. And this was in the heyday of their career, too. So the shows were a blast. They were so fun. But you'd get on and merch sales might not have been what you thought or whatever could have happened. But the intentionality behind them as a band saying how many kids got sponsored mm. was something that was so inspiring to watch. And I knew my heart for like creativity and art and story getting to blend with making a difference and helping an artist tell a bigger story outside of their own ministry was, um, yeah, that foundation was laid there. So then, but randomly, I became the photographer for Compassion. So Gabe and I got married. Uh, I had just graduated with a minor in photography, really oh, just for fun I because this. I loved, yeah, being creative. And uh, and we went on a trip and I remember they called and they said, hey, our photographer's camera, something, we were still using film too. Something mm -hmm. happened. Did you happen to get any pictures of um, the artist at the house that we were visiting? And I was like, yeah. And I send them. And then no joke, it was like two months later, like, hey, do you want to go on this other trip? Never was that in my plan. And so I spent 10 plus years being the photographer, traveling, doing all the photos for Compassion. The whole time, though, wanting to be a part of that artist team. Mm -hmm. And it's just a small team. And so then that opportunity came. So I was a part of the artist team, yeah, for like 12 years and then just moved into leading that team. And it's like the biggest honor. And I have a team full mm. of amazing people. And we get to, mm. yeah, just this morning, I was telling Gabe a story. It's like, I just love getting to hear artists share about something bigger mm. than what's, yeah, what's in front of them. And, and it is a joy to work for the organization. Our former president used to, our job titles were all child advocates, which you guys would mm. love and appreciate. Yes. And to get to to do that at the end of a hard day and know that kids' lives are being changed through sponsorship. And we sponsor ourselves. Y'all do too. Mm. And um, and it's, it's the story. And it's beautiful. Mm. So thanks for asking. Yes. Yeah. And out of that work, yeah. you have a whole 
additional project. I do. With yeah. artists. Will yeah. talk about that too? Yeah. So the Faithful Project. Yes. Um, I started that before we had Everly and she's um, uh, six and a half. So it's been <laughs> a long time. It was, uh, I basically work closely with so many artists and authors and I started seeing this overlap uh, between women specifically who inspired each other in their work. You know, you'd sit down and be like, oh, that blog post inspired this song or this song was in the part I took from your chapter of this book. And I would see it, but wow. you would see it happen. I and mean, you guys get this. You're at a conference and all of a sudden you see someone that you love. You might even live in the same town, mm -hmm. but you get like five minutes at catering and that's it. And it's this interaction. And so I started watching. I had the opportunity to be in so many rooms where I would see these friendships that are there, mm -hmm. but have crazy schedules in life and they're not, the connection's not there. And so for me, my job is relationship and that's what I care a lot about. So I was like, what if we created so a space? Well, thank you. That, um, to give space for that, to create a, a, um, a safe place, not for, to be honest, it originally wasn't even for a project. It was more just like a community to get to have a, you know, a Bible scholar and a songwriter in a room together. And, um, and it started with, uh, Ann Voskamp and Ellie Holcomb. We were on tour together mm -hmm. and it was the first time they met and we were on the bus and, uh, headed to tour, which you guys are now touring, um, touring authors as well. <laughs> um, and we hadn't rehearsed and it was, the show was the next day and we're sitting on the bus and they're just swapping stories about how they inspired each other. And I was like, that's it. That's what y'all need to talk about. And so then I just kind of watched the audience and I myself, every single night was just so engaged in the in that part of it. So that's how Faithful was formed. We have a wow. book and a project that came out. Um, again, it was a pandemic baby, came out uh, in 2021. Um, and we're in the middle of working on our second one right now. And it's about so 25 exciting. women strong. Um, and it's truly, um, yeah, it's a it's like a gift to me as well. Like, I kind of just had it and helped facilitate it, but the women have kind of run with it, um, which I'm so grateful for. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. And we will link to all that in the show notes. Yes, it's extraordinary. Thanks. It really is. Yeah. And compassion. Yeah. So thankful mm. you talked about that work. Yeah, thanks for asking. Absolutely. You two have lived an unexpected and overwhelming chapter in the story of your family and just mm -hmm. are wondering if you would talk a little bit about that chapter, about the high five and about how it led you all to being covered by CBS Sunday mornings, The Atlantic, Southern Living, just to name a few. Yeah. Could you talk a little Still bit about Still wild it? when I hear it. Sure. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want me to start the pandemic part or you want to start the, the other hard part? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. Opening the restaurant. Yeah, it was, there were a couple of things that aligned, um, not in a great way, mm -hmm. uh, which was, Again, the punchline to the joke, which is a musician decides to open a restaurant. Um, and it was good, but, you know, it's still quite a change. And as we were getting the space built out and, you know, ready to go doing this new thing, uh, shortly before we opened, like weeks before we opened, um, yeah, a worldwide pandemic happened. And the, you know, the early days were like, Nobody knew what it was. So everybody's like staying indoors. And like, I remember being at the restaurant and we were cleaning it, getting ready to open like that weekend. And our Andrew, one of our partners and chef was in town. And I remember Everly was three and she's out there cleaning mm -hmm. like the, uh, like all the little carts. And I mean, it's like exciting. Mm -hmm. And my phone rang and tours started canceling. And Andrew's phone wow. rang and Austin uh, City Limits Festival or whatever yeah. that one is. Yeah. yeah. That canceled. Wow. And we both just looked at each other and we thought, I don't think we're opening a restaurant this weekend. But wow. yeah, but yeah, but it was the early days maybe where nobody next knew. Weekend. Yeah, maybe, maybe next. No. Yeah, we were still naive <laughs> to be like, train. let's just move that plane ticket to like two yes. weeks from now. We'll be good. Sure. Yeah. 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 So we um it, it became a major curveball. And mm. so we eventually had to hire for free um our our friends because <laughs> nobody was available to work. Um to basically run a very large taco truck. Uh, that, that we held our doors. We opened in June. Yeah. So that was, yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, um, yeah, we built the space out. Can't wait for y'all to not see it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, come to the door and we'll um, hand a bag of tacos to you. Yes. But uh, we still opened. Yeah. And the tacos were still quite Great. good. Yes, they were. Yeah. And, um, and that's, I think anytime, um, whether it's, two people or two million people, 
uh, I think when hard times are thrown upon us, uh, thankfully, human nature is to come together. And um, I think that was represented even at a taco shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A yes. community comes together to help us. And then a community comes together to say, I, oh, I want a taco mm-hmm. so I can support this. And, and us trying our best to uh, help each other yes. get through something that none of us had ever, well, pretty much none of us had ever seen mm-hmm. uh, a worldwide pandemic. So yeah. uh, we survived it. Mm-hmm. David, did you get your taxes finished? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what are you eating? Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone. Where did you get them? Thrive Market. Uh, How much do we love Thrive Market? I could record an entire podcast about that topic. You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from the Honest Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on. (laughs) From pets to kids to grownups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order? I saved $32. I saved over $12.67. How much did Patches save? (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am. You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month. Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG. Thrivemarket.com slash RBG. But uh, <laughs> this this other nutty thing happened a couple months in, and it it was um, it's something that I only know the story to, and the details I don't know. Well, I know them well because I've heard the story a lot of times. But uh, relatively healthy guy, but started feeling um, not very healthy, and off. And then Keely can tell you, yeah, she can yeah. tell you kind of how it went down. Yeah, so, I mean, back to what he was saying, it was crazy, but also fun. I mean, it was us, Ev, I have so many pictures of her, like, we, she, you know, three years old, and she'd say, order up, David Thomas, you know, like, she, like, knew how to do it. We had FaceTime with our partners, because, I mean, keep in mind, like, I mean, you've gotten the picture. We knew nothing about restaurants. We just knew that we loved people and community mm-hmm. and gathering people. Mm-hmm. And so we had a great team around us, but they're trying to save their restaurants down in Austin. So it truly was chaos. But if I really think back, it was beautiful chaos mm. during that time. Um, but we were stretched too thin, you know, like I, our life was a mess. Like we were stressed out, um, even though it was fun and great, it was crazy. And uh, so it was, we opened June, it was September. So three years ago this month that, um, yeah, Gabe just started feeling really off uh, and, naturally our friends that are doctors and people that we're talking to would have thought it was stress, burnout, all those things, like everything pointed to that. But then it, it kind of just happened really quickly. Uh, every, all the symptoms hit at one time, found ourselves in the ER for two days trying to figure out what was going on. And he was diagnosed with meningioencephalitis, which is, um, yeah, a hard word to say, uh, which is viral meningitis from the cold sore virus that, 
instead of, which he had never had cold sores before, which is crazy as well, instead of coming out as a cold sore, broke the brain barrier and became encephalitis, which is uh, inflammation of the brain. And so we spent three, a little over three weeks in the hospital and they had prepared me for the worst. I mean, it's, encephalitis is really rare. It's especially rare in a healthy 45-year-old. And so it was, yeah, it's crazy. What it left him with, uh, the damage is so he, he was left with a, um, they call it an ABI, so um, acquired brain injury. Huh. Um, and uh, memory loss is the main thing. Also interesting, encephalitis, there's no cases that are the same, and wow. which is really fascinating, mm. but also so lonely. Mm. Um, and they don't have like things to help you. Mm. Most everything they would give me was stuff for like Alzheimer's or dementia. Elderly. Elderly. Wow. And it was... You know, so that part was fresher. So it's all confusing. And, you know, take a pause. We have a restaurant and a little girl. Yes. And, <laughs> and a pandemic. And a pandemic. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there were so many things, though, where, you know, God showed up. Our doctors were absolutely incredible. Um, even though it was a pandemic, they made an exception that I could be home with Ev. And they let one of Gabe's friends every night spend the night with him, mm. which was just amazing. Which is also, wow. like, on the flip side of it, too. Um, I, I should say that he never forgot names and faces. That part wasn't damaged. That's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And it speaks to, and there's so many ways of it that like memories are, some are absolutely gone. Mm -hmm. Some are spotty. Uh, Short-term memory is still affected. Um, And we kind of have to roll with it. Is that a good one to say? (laughs) Because there's no rhyme or reason. That sounds too smooth, to be honest. Uh, Mm. Yeah, don't roll with it like that. Yeah, there's, no, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's okay. It's just uh, a roll sounds like something that's sweet and yummy. That's true. Or round. And and this is jagged. Yeah, it's um, jagged. Which is that, you know, um, not just for me, as it turns out, when something happens to a human being, anything bad or good, it then is shared with all the people that are close to them, mm-hmm. not to mention their spouse. So, you know, if you win the lottery, that's good for both of you. Mm-hmm. If uh, you wreck your brain, it's it can be rough for bo- both of you yeah. and your ch- child. Yeah. We only have one. Uh, And it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's rough that it's rough to lose your past. Um, which is still weird to say, but I can say it. Like, I don't remember many details of my life, Mm. but the, and I, I made peace with that as much as you can make peace with that. And then, you know, pleading with God, like, just give me back my short-term memory so that I can remember two days ago. And I'm still pleading. It's, uh, there are things that I can remember, but, um, I don't get to choose what those things are. So it might be something silly and dumb, or it might be something special and awesome, but that's, that's the new way. That's the new, that's the path forward. And, um, and I would, yeah, I would trade it back, um, in a millisecond. I don't know if Keely would, but I would. Yeah. Because it's it's been very destructive in life. Mm. But, um, and there's always a but, that it turns out living a relatively smooth life, um, which is fortunate, mm. it, it turns out it's true that when bad things happen and you don't have a choice, one, it's proof that you're not in control. Um, and it's, it's also proof that uh, you adjust and find a new way to make things work, happen, thrive, not thrive, uh, cry. Um, and, and it turns out also that um, I'm just forced to be in the moment. Uh, I don't have a choice. But as, as the adage, as several adages go, um, they ring true to me, mm-hmm. being in the moment. Uh, yeah. It's something you should do, brain damage or otherwise, mm. uh, which is and this is no offense to God, but that's also part of my new gospel that I preach to people, uh, is, which I think God, I think Jesus preached as well. Uh, but it's like, this is, uh, there are no guarantees. This is what you have. So right now, like the three of you in the room with me is the most important thing in my life. Do Mm -hmm. I still love Everly? Uh, yeah, she's my daughter. I do, but she's doing her thing right now. This is where we're at. So, um, let's make, the most of it. Let's love on people. Let's uh, try to find an opportunity every single moment to serve others. Uh, mm. 
and they're there. It's a great mm-hmm. reminder. For yes, that, that's been one of the dis- discoveries. Is not only can we do that, but those moments are there mm-hmm. because we're all yes. hurting, and we've been uh, maybe not taught, but things have normalized to where you know there's not time to actually answer a question honestly when somebody says, "Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good." <laughs> right. Uh, there's more to it. How are you doing? No, not so great. How can I help? Uh, I probably can't, but I love you, you know? Mm. So uh, go figure. It's true. It's always so like inspiring hearing you talk. It's going to make you cry hearing you talk because it's like we also have to put in the work to get there. Yeah. And we have a great team around us. Um, And I think early on learning that, you know, Jesus is no stranger to suffering, Mm. but suffering is such a like complicated (laughs) topic and learning early on to hold grief and joy simultaneously. And I found myself so often early on being so sad and mad and angry, but so sad. And then I'd go, but he's here, you know? (laughs) And when we talk about community and and he mentioned that we had the, all the people that came and stayed with them and we had meals for as long as we needed them. We in a time where we felt so unloved and like, where is God in this? You could not deny his presence mm. through our community and people praying for us. And, and, um, and, and I think one of the biggest moments for both of us, um, when you, and I think you were trying to say this, like acceptance, mm-hmm. and we both have different views of acceptance of what this is, right? Like it is a life change for us. Um, but is that idea of, and in our community, praying, praying for a miracle, praying for f- restored health, right? All those things. Like, thank you for praying for him. But I think for us, we had to learn like the miracles that he lived. And now because of this amazing lesson of being in the moment, I actually feel like I'm in a miracle, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like I take those things and realize like, yes, do I wish he was fully restored? Do we wish his memory was back? Of course we do. Do we wish that Everly didn't have to help him remember things? Obviously. But he's here and we're learning these lessons. We have an amazing community. We have a thriving taco shop, which is still mm. laughable. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's the miracle that we're living in it. And I think mm. it, it, that for us has been the biggest change. And yeah, like I think yesterday we had to fight through it, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. daily we have to fight through it. It's mm. not easy, but it's that it's learning that I always think of that, that kids movie Inside Out. Joy grabs sadness by the hand, right? Mm. I remember thinking about that and that made no sense to me before September of 2020. And now I'm like, oh, joy and sadness have to be together and they mm. can be together. And are we sad? hundred percent. Every day? Yeah. At least. At least multiple times a day. But are we grateful? Every day. Yeah. Which is just like, yeah. yeah. The, I mean... Talking to another part of your question, which is the high five, uh, this is even, take it for what it is, but I view it as a, as a, at least a tiny, small miracle, which is, you know, m- my buddy Andy Gullihorn and I um, spent years being on the same Christmas tour together, not living far from each other. Um, yeah, play, you know, we play music together. We spend three weeks on a bus together. We play games, hit it off, like love each other. And then we'd come home and get busy with life and not see each other until the next year at Christmas time. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, something as simple as us liking each other, being kind to each other. Um, and then getting off tour and saying, man, we got to hang. Like we need to make it happen this year. And then him telling me, you know, almost 10 years ago now, uh, Hey, how about this? Why don't, we had just moved, so we were closer yeah. to them. Yeah, we were you know, like less than two miles from them. Like, hey, why don't you just start walking towards my house and I'll start walking towards yours and we'll uh, give each other a high five. And it was mm. like, oh, that sounds funny. And also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did. The part we didn't think through was like, what do you do after that? Like, we literally walked towards each other and I think probably giggled a little bit as we got close <laughs> to each other like, we're grown men with responsibilities and uh, <laughs> families. And um, yeah, we just high-fived. Mm. And it, it, it just took 45 minutes out of our day. It turned out it took more because then we stood there and talked for three hours, <laughs> uh, catching up on life. Mm. 
And so we said, hey, why don't we do it again? And so we've been doing it, yeah, for almost a decade, every single week. He walks my way, I walk his. Way to and, quote Diamond Rio, right? Yeah, yeah, we meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, meet, meet that old. Uh, yes. yeah. this, is this is Tennessee, though, yeah. Uh, all that to say, uh, um, we've been doing it for a really long time. It's become a habit in a good way. Mm-hmm. And it's be- become part of who I am. Like, it truly is part of my being, and I can prove it to you on a microphone uh, in this very moment, which is that when my brain went wild and it was like, uh, you know, trying to, yeah, remember what happened 20 seconds ago and I couldn't, um, or that I had a daughter or... uh, The taco shop, you had no memory of that. Or that that I had, yeah, decided to be a ding dong and open a taco shop. Um, Andy was, was the one at the hospital with me at the time. And we'd get up, occasionally in a, you know, walk. I think I still had some stuff hooked to me, but uh, we get up and walk and, and he said, Hey, um, I, I need you to do something for me. Like, can you just like walk towards me and, and I'll walk towards you and then give me a high five. And the, the secret I'm going to tell you right now is that over the years we had altered the high five and it, it had become a multi-move uh, event. So we wouldn't just high five. We would clap. And then we would uh, hold our hand up and snap <laughs> and then we would high five and we're, we're both musicians. So we would try to do it synchronized. Yeah, of course. Uh, but, but he was like, you know, my buddy is, doesn't remember who he is. Uh, mm. Just walk towards me and give me a high five. Cause he was like, I want to put it in the journal that he, he keeps. Oh yeah, sorry. Of, There's a high five journal. Yeah. yeah. He journals every <laughs> single one and uh, I don't want to miss one. And so I'm walking towards him brainless and uh, my body did the thing. Wow. It did it in the wrong order, but I snapped and I clapped and I high-fived, which is, is the movement is not nearly as efficient. Uh, but, but I did it and, and my buddy starts crying mm. and I was like, did I do it wrong? Like, mm. what's going on? Wow. And as it turns out, I didn't do it wrong. Uh, it's not even discipline. It's, it's mm. joy to do it, but it's consistent. And in a brain that had gone crazy mm. and forgotten most of its life, that movement was still there. <laughs> is that not crazy? Crazy. I mean, it still yeah. is to me. Even as I say it, I don't believe me. But Keely remembers it. Yeah. And Annie remembers it. It's true. Mm. Uh, intentionality. Like, even if it means going out of your way, walking down a random street in front of people, uh, do it. If, it. if it connects you with somebody, another human being, it's proof that it matters and that it stays. So, yeah. Uh, it's like such a small, Beautiful. like funny thing that like we laugh about. And and to CBS Sunday morning's point, I remember at the dinner party where they decided to do it. The the cell for Jill and I, Andy's wife, because they're known for just going and playing games for a very long time, um, being nines and wasting time, uh, <laughs> was, well, maybe that's the kind of thing that'll get you on C- CBS Sunday morning. And that was the joke. No. Yeah. For years. For years it was the joke. And I was like, okay, a high five. I was like, it's going to take a lot longer than 10 years to get on for a high five. And here this silly little thing that we would laugh about is probably one of the greatest gifts for us, like for our families, for lessons. I I remember Andy's uh, oldest son, Drew, is a senior in high school. And he started having like serial meetups with his back of his car, like random things before school. And he's just said, well, dad, I watch you and and Gabe high five. Mm. And it's like Everly calls Andy uncle five. And it's so it's like a simple act of a high five actually has more meaning and intentionality, like Gabe said, that is beautiful. And we love it. And randomly, yeah, CBS Sunday morning. <laughs> and, and I just want to point out really quick with a smile on my face uh, that the goal with our wives in that moment when we were like, hey, we're not wasting time. You know, we're, we're going to get on CBS Sunday morning. It was 10 years and we did it in seven. That's true. Sorry. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. How yeah. dare I yeah. forget that? Yeah. So uh, that oh, was. Um, wow. But yeah, oh. he never forgot. I, I think too, like, like the habit, the other both and gift is you also never forgot music and how to play. So mm, yeah. one of his goals wow. during that are like on the, you know, at the hospital, he had like a sheet of goals 
It was to get home. And then it was whatever physical therapy needed you to do that day. And then the third was play the Andrew Peterson Christmas show, which he's been a part of mm. since the beginning. This is the 20... 23rd year. Yeah. Um, and that year was COVID, but they still did it at the Ryman, mask, the whole deal. And he, we invited the whole doctor team to come and see him play. Mm. And they all thought like, oh, he's going to play one song. Socially distanced, of course. Yes, yeah, right. thank you. Yeah. And, um, but he got up there and he played, I mean, in his ear, they were telling him what key, what song, what, what instrument. Um, he would come off stage and have, I mean, it was, to be honest, it was uh, heartbreaking, uh, mm. just the, how disoriented he was, mm. but he did it. And to wow. me, I think that was such a great reminder of like, A, like the body remembers, right? Yes. Like he remembered how to play. Um, our community, talk mm. about that, surrounding us. Mm. And yeah, that was like a, that, to me, that is such a first step in our healing. Yeah. And, um, and just the reminder of what's, intuitive and, and friends and faces. And when I said that, like never forgotten names and faces, he might not be able to tell you how he met you, but like, it's like so beautiful because it's like the soul knowing the soul. Yeah, Like that's the only way I can describe it. Like he couldn't remember how we met, you know, we were married almost 20 years, but yet it never went away that we were married. Mm. Um, or like his friend that would walk into the room, you knew who that person was, yeah. but you just had to be reminded and still do yeah. of the why. In the mm. house. Y'all. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so I read a book. I was mm -hmm. given a book for high school graduation by Khalil Gibran. Gibran, I don't know how yeah. you even say his name. And it had a quote in it that I have gone back to a million times. And I talk about it in counseling. And y'all are making me think about uh -huh. it as you're telling this story. And it is the deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Mm. Which That's feels good. like y'all's yeah. story yeah. walked out. Yeah. And to think about Everly mm. as a part of that story Ooh, and yeah. the joy I know she has brought you both. Yeah. Would love for you to talk about her. She's uh -huh. precious. I love following on Instagram <laughs> yeah. and just seeing her. I mean, she just, her little personality is so delightful. Yeah. Would love for you to talk about her and the stage that she's in, how old she is, and what you would say are the, because we're talking about the ages and stages in this yep. season, the good and maybe the hard parts of parenting. Yeah. Stage. Oh, man. Okay, so Ev is hilarious. Um, she's six so and a half. Uh, we waited a while to have kids and so, or have a kid. <laughs> and, um, and so she's kind of just grown up around older kids and us. And so it's really funny because she just, her vocabulary and talks like an adult at times. Um, so we have to watch ourselves. Well, she's, she's really smart. Taco shop at three. Oh, yeah. She's at three yeah, years yeah. old. Advanced for a long time. Yes. yes. She, uh, yeah, she tells people she runs the taco shop and she's probably not <laughs> far off <laughs> from that. And, and most of our friends, their kids are in high school or college. Yeah. So, so she truly, I mean, and through her school now, she's got friends her age. Yeah, but sure. when we're hanging with our friends, it's normally like they're her uh, aunts and uncles, yeah. you know? And I think too, like, uh, we chose back to your quote, we chose early on. Actually, I remember texting David, um, mm. in the midst of everything and just saying like, help me. I don't know if you know what's going on with this, but help me. And your response was Connie and I can be there in five minutes on my back deck. <laughs> um, but the, the stuff you texted me and one of the things was age appropriate, tell her mm. age appropriate. I remember going to like my mom and some of our friends that were there and we decided very early on and then even later with the help of um, a therapist that we see, like it's part of our life. Mm. Like memory issues or not, like grief, it is there. And so um, I think one of the things that to answer your question about the current stage is what she learned in that stage three years ago and just how resilient and like a little sponge. And so... She, like her mama, has some anxiety. And um, <laughs> so to me, to watch her teach me, you know, like, like I'll see her do her little box breathing mm -hmm. on her leg, you know? And then early on, Gabe was so disoriented. So we did the five senses thing of naming stuff. And so that was so, uh, well, maybe you can talk about habit, you know? Like it was so yeah. habitual for her in heartbreak. Like I hate that she witnessed that. But now I get to see her as she's got her own feelings and talking through things. And she has tools that I didn't gain until I was in my 40s. And so I think there's something about like that for me that um, I don't feel like even worthy to get to witness it. Like it is so 
fun. That fun's a bad word to describe the hard part of it, but right. I'm so encouraged by it. Such a gift. Yeah. And yes. she uses language, you know, like we had our Brave Girls Club, you know, oh, and wow. even though it came about because we were missing dad, it doesn't change that when she has to go off and not see me after school and go straight to ballet and she's nervous that she doesn't go Brave Girls Club, you know? Mm. So I think that right now for me is just seeing her blossom and seeing something that I was so afraid of her witnessing, hopefully continue to be a tool that serves her better that, I mean, truly, I didn't learn it till I was 40, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, so... That's that, was, that was just last year. <laughs> <laughs> In my 40s, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Everly is, is wonderful. Mm. And I think, I mean, she's ours. So, of course, we're going to say that. But it really is, um, I think it's amazing to see the dynamic of, like, and we saw it for years with our friends' kids as they grew up, this dynamic of this, uh, this beautiful soul, this individual, and how it's still... Um, for better and for worse, very moldable uh, and shapeable mm. and getting to see these people that we love, raise these kids that we love and now getting to see them as grownups. It's like, whoa, good, good things, uh, promote good things. Mm. And having Everly at a, whatever, a slightly older age. And, and this isn't, I'm not saying it's the only way to go. I, it's the only way that I know. But I think it's pretty awesome because we've figured a little bit more out. Uh, we don't have anything figured out, but you know what I mean. <laughs> we've we've hit our stride a little bit more, um, and and so we don't get worked up over the things that we may have when we first got married. Mm-hmm. And and it's not a total bypass. I mean, she's doing stuff she shouldn't do all the time. All the time. But uh, she's too smart. She does it in Talks a very mature it. way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Like outwitting us and outsmarting us. So uh, yes. Yeah. She is, she is exquisite. Like I, I think sometimes about knowing her as, chokes me up, as an adult woman Mm. and and the story that she's lived and the awareness Mm. and the empathy that she carries. And I think, I cannot wait to know her. I really can't. Thinking the same thing. I think about, you know, her growing up, living life with the two of you. I just, Mm. I can't imagine. I'm so Mm. excited to know her. Thank you. As an adult woman. Oh, sweet man. (laughs) And just would love to ask you both too, what would you say is some of the best parenting advice you've ever been given? Ooh. Mm. We have so many wise people and I lean on so many of my friends and my mom. Um, probably gonna make me cry. I think uh, Gabe's taught us that. We're busy people, as you could tell, right? We've got mm. a lot of things going on. And, but that reminder, um, although it is forced for one of us um, to be in the moment, is probably the best parenting advice I've had. Like, he's so good at helping me, like centering it back. Mm. Like, hey, stay in the moment. When I get spinning and I'm thinking to Christmas already and what we're going to be doing and our plans. Hey, but we're here. Like be in this moment. Like she's on the swing. She's playing. Just go play. I'm sometimes jealous of it when I watch him with her Mm because it's beautiful. Uh, But it's probably the best parenting advice that I've had is actually from him. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. She kind of stole mine. uh, No, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I think that trust, um, and I I don't know, I don't remember the books I've read or not read. So I, this might, might be something that everybody says. <laughs> but this idea of, of trust, um, like what is that? What does that even mean? How deep does it go? Hmm. And do you trust people who are 40 some odd years younger than you uh, to make a call on something? And st- starting to try and navigate that with, um, with a child who has quite a bit of... Uh, authority built into her mm-hmm. somehow, uh, getting to, getting to a place where doing, doing my best to trust her mm-hmm. and what she says she's going to do or how she's going to act or where she's going to go or, uh, and which quite often times she fails at that, but quite often she doesn't. Uh, and it's, I'm not trying to, to, um, dodge the question and flip it. But sometimes it's almost like uh, being parented. Mm. Like she's parenting me. Mm. 
meaning that she is reminding me of, oh, this is what, what life is about. She just got sidetracked because she saw something exciting and didn't do the thing I asked her to do. Oh, well, maybe I'm happy that she just did that because <laughs> the, the junk can get done. Uh, so, you know, and there are times where I definitely have to still be the parent. Keely has to be, be the parent. Sure. But just to point out this idea of what, whatever, child, even talking about faith, childlike faith, mm-hmm. golly, that's hard because we, we become not child mm-hmm. and a lot comes with that. Uh, a lot of numbness comes with that, mm-hmm. at least for me and being reminded literally, uh, of this young beautiful soul who doesn't buy into all the stuff that we buy in over time Mm. that she still just believes like, Oh yeah, Jesus loves me. I love him too. I love my mom and my dad. Oh, and my dog's cute. Even (laughs) though it makes mom and dad mad all the time. (laughs) Thanks to sissy. Sissy's the reason we got a dog. (laughs) (laughs) The simplification of that though truly Uh has been a gift to me. Mm, That's so good. We like to end with something fun and food related. Yeah. We talk tacos already. We got one last question to ask you. Queso or guac? Queso. Guac. <laughs> that was she so didn't fast. even need guac. to think. Guac. Wow. Really? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Now you do. Okay. Wow. We make a perfect couple. <laughs> yes, you do because you get it all. <laughs> Both. Yeah. Wait, do you like the guac and the queso? Because that's actually would be my answer. Like the combined or Yeah, like Texas both? style. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. We can still yeah. be good. Yes, me too. <laughs> Which is how you know it's good. It. I know. So good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you all, thank you. Oh, thanks thank so much you. for having we us. We love being with you. you. Oh, my no. gosh. No, y'all are extraordinary love people. Oh. Yes, you Likewise. are. We waited Likewise. a long time for this conversation. Oh. It was worth the wait. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Thanks for doing this with us. We are yeah. honored to get to be here. Thanks for doing what you do. I know. Seriously. Thank goodness. Thank you. Did you love today's episode? If so, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Send a quick text or email with the link to the show. Join us next time for another episode where we'll bring you help and hope on your journey of raising boys and girls. 